All right, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to After a Few, episode 36. Wow, what a weekend in college football, NFL. Boy, Barry has a good interview coming up with Tyler Neal. He's the uh, Cavs affiliate Canton Charge assistant coach, and he is currently Team USA support staff coach. So buckle up, here we go. How ridiculous. Is this guy serious right now? He's a little incoherent. What's happening? Throwing bangers out. OH! Oh god, here we go. Okay, before we get started, we just want to let uh, everybody know this episode is brought to you by Minuteman Tickets. You can find them at MinutemanTickets.com. Give them a call for a fee-free transaction, StubHub, all those other sites will jack the fee up. If you give them a call, 614-943-3000, you can get tickets to anything. You can get tickets nationwide. You can get tickets to the Buckeyes. My mother just purchased tickets the other day. It was the easiest transaction ever. If my mom can do it, you can do it. I swear, 614-943-3000, give them a call. Okay, let's get right into it. Ohio State, Penn State. Again, the the craziest game we've ever seen. How how does Ohio State come back with you know, backs to the wall, they played the worst three and a half quarters I've ever seen and and we win. Three and a half quarters bad, yeah, but you know, they kept them everybody kind of kept everybody in it at times too. Um I think we learned a lot. What we have a lot to work on. Uh, so, yeah, the blocking. Going the blocking is like, you know, one thing they're highlighting after the film and how great the receivers blocked and McLaurin, how great he blocked, and it's pretty crazy um, to see what happens when a unit actually is clicking in the first three three quarters. I mean, it just what was. You can't yeah, even explain I mean, I how think, bad it yeah, was. Yeah, I think we learned a lot. The offensive line, I mean, I feel like they gave up a lot, too. They were, you know, Haskins was constantly under pressure. Yeah, um, they were bringing the house. Right, and I think we, our the offensive coordinator, everybody, I think they were just lost for words. Then, you know, getting down to these final drives, we're running screens, we're running jet passes, we're... Were yeah. quick throws, get them out in open space, and you know let these guys do what they can do best. So yeah, we tried to. I don't know. We got really conservative, in my opinion, the first like half. We tried to open it up in the third, just couldn't get it going, and then the fourth quarter it was just magic. And when KJ scored that touchdown, I'm not that. I mean, right? But I will say, I'll take that back. But what do you think the biggest play from that game was? The Victor play. The Vic, most definitely. I because, think. That, I mean, we were dead to rights, and he, you know, I don't even know how he caught I don't, He caught it, made a move, and it was like, uh-oh. And it was like, okay, he's gone. Right. And now yeah, that, now we got a chance. We got to get a stop. Gets and, the defense hype. So, yeah, I think. But then they and, pinned us, and then we got to go 96 yards. But we the, that screen pass set up for Dobbins, yeah. the O-line, you can't say enough for him about there. Dobbins, you know, so... Yeah, Dobbins just, was right there on uh, on his hip, caught it perfect. McLaurin with the crazy block on that play. Uh, watch that highlight if you get a chance, because it is a nutty block. I mean, uh, Dobbins opens it up, 
Um, Buckeyes win. But Trace McSwirly is nasty. Don't you fourth can't... and five, and they ran it. Yeah, was that, I mean I think that was the RPO. So they were going the run pass option for sure, no matter what. Do you right. think the read was to hand it off, or do you think Sorley just wasn't? No, I yeah I I don't even know if it was an RPO to be honest. Because if you're Sorley, you're wanting the ball in your hand. Like well, you they can't should. right. They hadn't stopped him all night. Yeah. And that's another thing. Play that stupid spy. Like I don't understand. Yeah, what we got to learn so that. Long. I mean, we got to learn that because at some point somebody's going to be watching that tape doing exactly but, that. I mean, good on the defense. Jones went down. Um, I don't know how many personal fouls were called. Just ridiculous. I, I swear, every time we got like ten yards, they're like personal foul minus twenty five yards, and then ten whenever, penalties for hundred and five yards is what Ohio State had. I mean, it's, I mean, Penn State it had felt seven like more. for sixty-four. It felt like more. Yeah, but third down, you're four for seventeen. Uh, you're not going to win many games like that. So, yeah, I mean, we survive. We play Indiana coming up this week, four p.m. kickoff on Fox. That should be a decent game. I mean, Indiana four and one. They're a decent team, but they really haven't. They haven't played anybody. They haven't so. played anybody, but Indiana always gives Ohio State fits. Always. So. That's why it's like, and it's a come-off game from a really big game. So right. it just, it could get dicey, but I think Ohio State, I think we see Tate Martell in this game for sure. Hmm. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I'm. I, we got to give him reps. Got to keep him going. Yeah. I'm not sold on him. You become one way, and I don't like that. Not That's not. why I just love Haskins. Yeah, I mean, Haskins nasty. But I want to get to something that kind of upset me. I didn't really understand what was going on with this. So the MLB had two ties in the division. So according to the bylaws that I've never heard, so they had a tiebreaker play-in game to get to the one-game play-in game. And then the other, so the loser went to the wild card, and then the winner won the division. Was a divisional champ, yes. Okay, my thing is, you had 162 games to figure it out. There has to be a tiebreaker in there. I know you played that team. There's no way. There's no tiebreaker. You play 29 games. Whoever won the best 29 should get that wild card or spot. Why do we have to play a 163rd game to break a tie? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I I like it. it just means more baseball, more intensity, more money, more money. That's what they um, come on. Yeah, I mean, why not? You're obviously going to be selling out these stadiums. Um, Here's the thing. So why not? You know what time the game started? Four. The one started at two, and the other one started at four. It's playoff baseball. It don't matter. Don't if matter. You're, if you're a Cubs fan, you were at that game. If That's, you could get a ticket, I'll believe that. Maybe maybe not the Dodgers as much, but. Chicago, they were there. Yeah, so. so Chicago, again, if you're living under a rock, lost two in a row at home. To get knocked out. Knocked out. So they got eliminated from the tiebreaker when they probably should have won the tiebreaker of the tiebreaker and never had <laughs> should have had a tiebreaker. You know what I'm saying? And, the second and then, one wasn't a tiebreaker. But then, the wild card, <laughs> but then they get put into the wild card, and then right. they lose, and it's like... You're at home both games. You, I'm sorry, that, Cubs fans, you don't deserve to move on listen. if you can't win one of those two games. Oh, I totally, totally agree. So, Lester played well last night. He pitched really well. I mean, he was hitting his spots. The first inning, uh, you know, gave up a run, 
and then he he kind of locked it down. The other the young guy, I don't even know his name because I really don't care about the Rockies. But he, uh, what did you think about the Baez play? Going to third on the force out and hugging he him, just hugged him. Yeah, I don't get that. He was breaking up the double play. That was the second out, and the guy, the third baseman, could have threw it the first. Run him over. What Do something about? different. No, Baez hugged him so he couldn't throw it the first. Yeah, that's I mean, bush league. I hope he doesn't win the MVP because of that. Sorry, Cubs fans. We're moving on. <laughs> we're moving on. NFL. Some of the craziest games that we've basically ever seen. Um, let's just start with the Browns. I I can't understand. You got so you're gonna have to explain it to me. You're gonna have to explain to me how the Browns can be down or up eight points with a minute and twelve seconds left. Raiders have the ball and you know they're gonna lose. I'm not kidding. I mean, what do you say? Like that's bad. Though. It's terrible. Like think <laughs> if, about if that. They have think the ball, about you that. know they're gonna come back and lose. Like or if the other team has the right. Ball. That's and I was sit. I mean, everybody probably had to be sitting in their chairs like. Okay, here it goes again. Carr's got the ball. Hits Cooper on the you outside. You know those diehard Brown fans were like, all right, two in a row, it's locked up. Like, right. <laughs> I don't right. know. In the NFL, that's the craziest thing because you can see it flip on a dime. Titans uh, hang on against the Eagles. They beat them 26-23. Super Bowl champs look like they're in trouble. If you're losing to a hurt Marcus Mariota, Derrick Henry's playing terrible. Their whole offense is terrible. And Titans can still pull it off. It's uh, give give the Eagles time. I don't count them out yet because you know you Alshon had Carson. Back. You had Carson coming back. You have yeah. Alshon coming back. They're a banged up team. They came into the season pretty banged up. So I'm not counting the. That's, the no, I'm not I tell you what, them. Malcolm Jenkins is a dog out there. I mean, that boy is head hunting too. But he is so nasty. He's so silky. He makes people look bad. The other crazy finish, Bengals beat the Falcons last second score, literally last second score, 37-36. Um, one of the crazier games I've ever seen, Matt Ryan played I, like I thought they were going to easily start rolling in this game. Bengals kind of came back. Andy Dalton looks good. They force feed AJ way too much. Yeah, I mean, you have Mixon out, so... Mixon's I mean, out. Eifert broke his ankle, did whatever to it. That was nasty. <sighs> that was one of the sickest things um, I've ever seen. You know, so they're going to be banged up. Where, yeah, where but, else do they go? Yeah, and the thing is, the Bengals, uh, Geo stepped up. He scored a couple of times, but now you know, he's hurt again. Yeah, and that's the so, problem with Geo. You know, no, he's, it's the problem with the NFL is yeah. these running backs are like... Obviously, you're getting hurt. You're getting smoked by these guys. That's why these people want their money. That's why Le'Veon ain't showing up. But one of the craziest games, so the Texans over the Colts, uh, Colts got the ball fourth down. They go for it in their own territory in overtime. It's tied up. So turnover on downs gives it back to Houston. Houston runs like two plays, say, and kicks a fair bear 50 yarder for the win do you this is my problem with football right now and i want you to hear me out on this it's this is my problem with football people are playing to tie 
Like when you get to overtime, it's not to win. It's like to tie. So like seeing the Colts, seeing the Colts, what were they? One and two. They needed a win. They go for it. New coach proves like, hey, we. I'm going to put it in your hands. So it doesn't work out. Everybody rallies around the guy. But I do have a problem with us not figuring out how to end the game because people are playing against ties right now. Right. I mean, stupid. Why? I mean, why not play for a tie? I guess it. It's not a loss. Punt it. Right. You punt it, but you win the game. Something like that. That'll that'll jack your team up. So yeah, I'm okay it's, it's with that. jacking your team up, but. At the same token, that could be between getting in the playoffs and not getting in the playoffs. Exactly. So, oh, I'm all for the NFL needs to change that because I'm getting sick of it too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it don't even matter. You don't just set something up like college and high school. I don't do something. You got to. I, it's they have ridiculous. To, they're going to have to change that because, I mean, I hate tying in fantasy football. Can you imagine tying in the NFL? Yeah, but. They're still getting paid. So you go out there. Imagine this. You're going out there. You've worked out all year, whatever, whatever, whatever. You've been doing this. You've been doing this for so long. And you go out there, you tie, and you're just like killing yourself for a tie. Right. You don't even win. Like I said, playoffs are not getting in the playoffs. I mean, right. if you're the Colts, you make the right decision. You're, you know, you're, you have to play for something at this point. Texans are, you know, right there. So either way, what they do, they're sitting there, you know, if we tie, we tie, and we're still in it. I mean... Right, but they are the ones that benefited off... The Colts had the decision to make, okay? So the Colts made the decision, hey, we're going to say, like, screw ties, we're going to go for it. Well... (laughs) And that's the way it should be. You know, that's exactly how it should be. You know, maybe they need to make it, no matter what, you can't punt the ball. I don't... Do something. I like that. So... I, no yeah. punts in overtime? No punts in overtime. I mean... That is the, one of the greatest ideas I've you ever You could. It, it's it's yeah. whatever, so... If you they want they the need ball, to do hey, something. Hey, if you want the ball first, you have to go for it on fourth down. Yeah. I'm in for that. But, yeah, I don't know. The, yeah, the tying I agree with, it's, it's ridiculous. But if you're looking at it from an organization standpoint, you do what you have to do right now. If it's a tie, you're... You know, you're you still. It's not a loss. So yeah, I do agree with that. Uh, beer of the week. What do we got here, money? Uh, let's see. We got the platform beer company, the Yammy Yammy. The Yammy Yammy. It's a sweet potato ale, slightly spiced with caramel, and it's smooth. It says. Platform is out of Ohio, so drink local. Craft brew. 7.7%. I'm that in what for it that. says? Yes. 7.7. All right. Boys and girls, this is a two beer maximum. Actually, probably one. A one, maybe for you. Yeah. All right. All right. What do you think? It's not bad. Not uh, bad. It's it's one of the better uh, spicy ones that I've ever had. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. You can tell it's a brown ale. I'm going to give it 8.3. 8.3? Yeah. Oh, my God. I like this one. Oh, man. This is... That's up there with Bush Light in your category, huh? Yeah. I Yeah, I agree. I'll probably go 8.2, 8.3. I do like this one, so... Overall, you know, uh, pretty good one. I, I think it's one of the best that, honest to God, I've had. Really? 
Like, I like this one, actually. This is surprising. So, hell, he's already taking a second drink. Yammy, yammy. <laughs> of course it would be that. Yammy, yammy. Of course it would be yammy, yammy that, uh, that I like. Well, let's get to uh, a little NFL rapid preview. We're going to talk through a couple of these games. There are some good games. Um, Jaguars, Chiefs, Browns, Ravens, Dolphins, Bengals. I mean, you can go down the line, but let's let's see what money's got to say on it. Jaguars, Chiefs, um, defense versus the Mahomes offense. Who you got? Um, Pat Mahomes, you're going you're for your first loss this week at home. Jags defense steps up. They always they're showing up in big games now. Look for Blake Bortles to have a breakout game. I like that. I like I, that. Their defense. I, I don't believe in the Chiefs' defense. So They gave up a ton of points. Um, or they didn't give up a ton of points. They played Denver hard to the end. Mahomes, that guy. They're, they're giving up a lot of points, though, but they're scoring just as much. So did you I see the, the play that uh, blew my mind, in, in my opinion? Um, game-winning drive, going to the left, throws it right hand to left hand and then throws it with his left hand a little shove gets the first down he's a gamer but uh, and i mean Blake Bortles is out here i don't know about that <laughs> uh browns got the ravens bounce back game for the browns at it's, baltimore baltimore is playing really really well right now or and they're just not playing and that anybody. surprises me yeah you know collins is good Flacco is whatever. Their defense is getting old. It's it's like a group of average players that play or they're playing above their skill level right now. It's I feel like, like the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, sure. There you go. I don't know. Their record's not that good. But, they're in a crap division. Steelers are playing terrible. Uh, Browns are on the up and up, but you the setbacks. They got to have confidence. Baker, I think, I think the confidence is going to be in Baker. It's just, Yeah, but that Baltimore defense, you know they're pinning their ears back and coming right after him. After the two-pick, two-interception game, or same thing, two-pick, two-fumble game. So. Yeah, I think it could get uh, In Baltimore, good luck, Bake. But Landry's on the outside. Uh, Chubb played well last it, game. That's the real question. What, what are they going to do with Chubb? The problem is... I think Chubb is a, such a good change of pace back that he needs to run behind Hyde. Right. So I, I mean, even if even if Duke Johnson like is is like they're trying to make him a slot receiver, or you know what, trade him. He's a second. He's a third. He, I mean, I'm back. pretty sure he's came out and said that I like catching the ball better, anyways. And he's proven he can catch it. Put well, him in the slot and see yeah, what happens. And, and his whole game is getting out in space. So yeah, if you can't get him, Browns, in, what do you, what are you losing right now? Yeah, you right. Got your win, but Duke Johnson doesn't go in there and uh, bounce off people. Chubb is like bouncing That's off what I'm people saying, and then but, like going seventy yards. Right. I mean, it, so. it whatever you. Whatever you do, it's going to be Hyde's show in the red zone. So. I agree. So, who do you think? Uh, Baltimore. I'm going to go to Browns. Three and one Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, you heard it. Three and one Dolphins. They're playing the three and one Bengals. I don't even. I think this is over. Bengals. I think AJ Green probably scores five, six, seven touchdowns again. Yeah, I hate the Bengals, but. The uh, Dolphins just got go blown out last weekend by the uh, Patriots. I don't even think they scored a point. The Dolphins, yeah, they scored seven, but 
still waiting for the Patriots to get angry, but yeah, I'm gonna I'll take frickin' Who Day Nation. Yeah, so I I don't know. Yeah, it's gotta be the Bengals. But Cowboys Texans Sunday night. Cowboys coming off a game winning field goal. Uh, to win the game by a point over the Lions, what a game that was. Um, coming up against the Texans on Sunday night, the Texans defense, Clowney and J.J. Watt, I mean, they are playing crazy good. And if Watson can figure it out, you know, you got Hopkins, you got Fuller, they're yeah, good. I'm, I'm taking Texans by a lot. I think so, too. A lot. I think so, too. And Zeke had a coming-out party. It's not going to be that easy. The offensive line I mean, isn't that good. They're but, not as good as they used to be. Yeah. Uh, you don't have the safe blanket in Witten. You don't even have Dez out there. Like, who is their receiver? Oh, their best receiver is Cole Beasley. Yeah, that's not good. That is not good. Right. That's all I'm saying. So that's why Zeke probably doesn't have any room. Their defense is still... Like, do they ever get better on defense? That's a serious question. Do they ever get better on defense? Who? The, the Cowboys? Cowboys? Not now. No. <laughs> but, yeah. So, got... a Monday night game, Redskins, Saints, tell me who you got. Drew Brees couldn't score a touchdown to save his life last week. Mark Ingram coming back on my fan- one of my fantasy teams. Woo. I wish that was last week. Somebody said I read Matt Barry. He must be an NFL, uh, Mm -hmm. whatchamacallit, fantasy football guy. He said uh, Drew Brees is not a QB1 this week. Is not a QB1? Yeah. So that kind of... Monday night in New Orleans. You know who who, uh, Redskins have? They have what's-his-name on their other, on the cornerback. Who? What? They got got one of the best corners in the league. Yeah, whatever. So... Uh, I'm taking Saints, uh, though. Yeah. Kamara. <laughs> Kamara. So they're playing tight games, but they'll figure it out here. Michael Thomas is playing really well, too. Everybody seems to And be I want to do highlight. Well. Julio Jones had like 176, 173 yards, one of those. No touchdowns. <laughs> Just straight up fantasy. They can't figure... The Falcons never can figure out how to put it in the end zone. It's freaking ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Look Honestly, at week one this year. But the crazy thing is, why do they go for like 500 yards? Because he can just run it downfield. Like, he's just beating people down the field. I mean, when yeah. you're just lofting it up to Julio or Calvin. Yeah, I don't know. So. Well, let's, uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit, bring in the uh, interview. I. Great interview with my buddy Tyler. Uh, played AAU with him in Northwest Ohio. Um, really great guy. He is now a, with the Cavs. He's an affiliate with the Canton Charge assistant coach. Um, he was out in Vegas with um, Van Gundy. Yeah, out there with Jeff Van Gundy, George Thompson the third. Great stories, funny uh, AAU stories. Great interview. Here we go. All right, we are going to welcome in a former teammate, AAU Northwest Ohio, former Bluffton Beaver, assistant coach of the Cavs D-League affiliate, the Canton Charge, uh, helps out with Team USA, Ty Neal. How we doing, buddy? Doing well. I uh, appreciate you having me on, man. No problem, buddy. It's been, uh, it's been a minute. Um, I seen a picture of you out with team USA and Vegas. I'm like, Ty Neal out here making moves. Then I found out you're the Cavs assistant, uh, or you're, you're 
you're with a Canton charge, which is basically with the Cavs assist. You're hanging out with them all the time. Um, how is it right now in Cleveland? You know, it seems uh, I haven't spent a ton of time up there um, during training camp, but, uh, you know, everybody, uh, every conversation I've had, it seems that, you know, things are going great. Uh, you know, uh, it's kind of a, some fr- there's some fresh energy up there. And it's, it's just a new era up there. So it seems to be going well uh, from everything that I've been told. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um we, I want to start this whole conversation and kind of how we first met. So me and you met um, AAU. We probably mm-hmm. met the day we tried out together. Uh, Welch, right. we played with Northwest Ohio. I mean, what a time. What a Man. experience. And I feel like right now, I just kind of want to get your take on the AAU scene. It's kind of getting a bad rap across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, just talk about the learning experience, kind of the friendships that – you that blossomed out of it and you know connections of just playing with guys different kids uh playing in front of coaches sure no it's uh i'm glad you brought that up you know uh personally i had a fantastic aau experience i mean and before we get into that i wanted to say uh you know i was in vegas recently and then uh in the first couple weeks of september and then I was also out there a couple of times in July for some for NBA Summer League and then Team USA Minicamp. And you know, uh, every time I land in Vegas and, you know, whether I'm in, in my cab going to the hotel or whatever, you know, every time I get out there, I always think the first time I went out there was with, uh, with Rob and, and Northwest Ohio. And I always think about that first trip uh, going out there with all you guys and just how much fun it was. And it's just, it always pops into my head. So I, I just wanted to bring that you, up. You remember uh, rolling dice against Eric Mag in the, in the hotel room? Oh, yeah. 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 That, that was, you know, that was my first dice experience. And just, yeah, all those guys and just everybody you know, hanging a, out. What a, what a trip. And then on top of that, you had, you know, the basketball being able to play out there. But right. uh, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, the AAU thing is kind of under a little bit of a, a dark cloud right now. And, uh, you know, it's, I just think that it's, uh, it, it's kind of all about, you know, the certain clubs and how they do things. And I think that, you know, a guy like Rob and Al Welch, who, who basically run a program just because they love basketball and they right. want to help, you know, good players in the area. Uh, and they teach them the right way to play. They force them to play the right way. I mean, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. And I think too many of these, uh, I think there's, there's just been too many guys that, uh, you know, that, that get involved with these situations and then they just have personal agendas in mind and with some of these good players. And I think that's where we've kind of gone astray with the whole thing. But uh, it can be a great thing. I mean, it provides a great platform for, for players to – uh, get in front of uh, of college coaches to play with other good players and to play against other good players across the country. So it's, I think the the idea of it and the roots of it are a, a great thing. It's just we kind of got to get back on the right track uh, with uh, with everything. I do I do agree with that. Um, you said you were out in Vegas. Um, 
you're out there with Jeff Van Gundy. You're out there with uh, Coach John Thompson the Third. Are you? What are? What is it like picking those guys' brains? Yeah. So uh, you know, I mean, I'm basically uh, so kind of a backstory. Uh, about a well, uh, a little over a year ago, they changed how they do the uh, you know the FIBA qualifiers and they call them FIBA windows now. So uh, previously they used to do everything like within a six month, uh, six week week period between the end of July, uh, August and early September where they do all these qualifying events. Uh, now they have different windows throughout the year. So we just had one in September. There'll be another one in, no- in November and then another one in February during all-star break. And because of that, uh, you know, you, a lot of NBA personnel um, used to used to help with it, and even guys like a guy like Joe Prunty, who's an assistant for the Phoenix Suns, he was the head coach of the British national team. Right. And when they made these changes, he couldn't do that anymore. So now they use a lot of G League personnel, and uh, so that's kind of how I got the opportunity and uh, to be a part of the support staff out there. And, uh, you know, I mean, just – being able to be in those practices and, and in those meetings and just absorb as much knowledge from those guys was incredible. I mean, uh, Coach Van Gundy is, like, just so knowledgeable. I mean, everything he says, it's just it, – it's like he's, you know – Yeah, it's one I of those – one thing – It's one yeah, of those guys – it's one of those guys that um, – I mean, he he might sound like – you know, he's just announcing the game, but he knows the game. I mean, some of those practices, yeah. he coached some of the craziest teams with the Knicks. Um, yep. And 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 you're sitting there, you're learning from him. You're learning from uh, you're learning from a guy that won how many games in college? Probably 600 at Georgetown. Right. I feel like. Right. I mean, these guys. Right. And then you're getting to, you know, you're out there, you're watching Frank Mason or Frank Mason the third. He just won a title. Uh, you got Travis right. Trice that played with Michigan State. Tons of other NBA players. I mean, the experience right there is is a, it's got to be unbelievable. But the process from tryouts. So like, how do you make the team? Like how how do they how does that come about? And then when they yeah. when they qualify for a uh, the World Cup. Is that when we're going to send the NBA players? So kind of explain it a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, the process uh, of, you know, being on one of these teams is basically a selection process. And um, if you remember, you know, from the time the Dream Team started uh, in 92 till 2004, the NBA had basically all control of, you know, Right. of the Olympic team and the national team. And they basically basically just threw together an all-star team. Well, after the 2004 uh, you know, Olympics, when we struggled a little bit and got the bronze medal, uh, they changed it up. And they decided to, you know, that's when they hired Jerry Colangelo and really treated it as its own team. And right. um, so, you know, so the process basically is for these kind of qualifiers, um, you know, they try to get the, the very best players that are available. So, uh, you know, in this particular window in the fall, you know, NBA training camps has, have, ha, had not started yet. So guys like, you know, kind of younger NBA 
guys like Frank Mason III, Dwayne Bacon, um, you know, they were able to get a couple of those guys. And then the rest of the guys are, uh, you know, I think everybody there was in an NBA training camp. Right. Uh, but the rest of the guys are like two-way players or G League players. But, like, you know, they just try to get the very best that are available. And, you know, if guys don't want to come or they can't, then they'll move on to the next. But they also try to, you know, compile a team that's going to be that's going to play and, and mix well as far as, you know, uh, shooting and, and bigs. And, you know, so that that's also uh, uh, part of the process as well. Yeah, so um, you, you spoke on two-way contracts. Um and I want everybody that's listening to this. So a guy can get a two-way contract, and that allows him to play in the D League. So, for instance, he could play with the uh, the the Canton team, and then he could still go play with the Cleveland team, the Cavs. Right, um, so right. he's got what a forty-five day forty-five day limit with the NBA. Um, Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. And you get, um, you know, more exposure. You're on the bench. Again, you're picking other guys' brains that are a little bit better. You're trying to learn something. You Mm -hmm. get the experience. You get paid more. I mean, right. So it it is beneficial. And then the thing is you still get them on your team. How, How awesome is that? Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's just one way that the NBA in the last couple of years is kind of, uh, uh, invested in the G League, and um, you know it's they're pumping more resources into it, and it's become uh, a resource for these NBA teams. You know, I think I don't know the exact figure, but I think around seventy percent of uh, guys that were on uh, G League rosters last year played at least one game in an NBA in, in at least one NBA game. Um, you know, so the two way contracts and adding basically two roster spots to your NBA team are just one way that the NBA is kind of investing in the G League more. Uh, well, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's involving, and the pay raise went up, uh, roster bonuses right. went up. I, I do have a question, right. though. So say a guy does go up to the NBA for one game. Like, what's that right. bonus? Is is there – do they do they really uh, tell contracts, or is that kind of how that is? Do – do the best does the best player on that G League team make the most money? Not necessarily. So I'll kind of break it down, uh, and it's 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 a weird it's it's a dynamic. Uh, that dynamic of the league is 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 crazy. So uh, there's three ways that you know we kind of that, that we compile our rosters in the G League. One is the two way contract guys. Um, and those, like you said, you know, those guys can basically come up and down between the G League team and the big clubs as, as much as they want. Uh, now they can only spend 45 days up with the NBA team. And then you have what's called affiliate players. So, you know, a guy like, uh, you know, last year we had uh, uh, Ja'Cory Williams, who played at Alabama and Middle Tennessee State. He, he signed a, a camp deal with Cleveland, kind of with the agreement that, you know, after camp, you'll get waived and play in Canton this year. Um, and then you have guys that you get from the G League draft. That's kind of like the third tier of, of how you compile your roster. But, uh, you know, so the two-way guys make, you know, close to like six figures uh, of a base salary. And then every day, so say, you know, 
uh, 2A. We have Billy Preston is one of our 2A guys. So say, you know, in December, they call him up for three days. Well, he gets prorated uh, a minimum NBA contract for those three days. And nice. I think That's cool. Just, just, just about every uh, two-way player that did not get cut uh, was able to use just about all their days, and they can clear like, they clear like four hundred thousand on the year, so it's a good deal. And then, and that's five uh, months, you know, right? Yeah, five months. Yeah, so it's a good deal. And uh, you know, like affiliate guys, you know, guys that were in an NBA training camp, they probably get, I'd say, around twenty thousand, maybe for that alone, and then plus their thirty-five k uh, G League salary, um, and then like you know, we had a guy. Marcus Thornton, uh, we had Quinn Cook a couple years ago. They got a couple 10-day contracts in the middle of the season, and those are worth about 40000 And, um, you know, what some guys will do after the season is the G League season will be finished, and they'll sign a, a deal overseas. Uh, you know, we had a guy go to Turkey last year for the last two months over there and was able to make another twenty twenty-five thousand. 25000 So, you know, the majority of these guys, you know, I think the G League – uh, salary gets gets is the brunt of a lot of uh, jokes, but you know these guys are actually making doing very well for themselves for the most part. And uh, well, yeah, you know, and I remember that they yeah, just want to play five though. month season. Yeah, they yeah. just want to play. Yeah. I mean, they're they're just gym rats. Yeah. They just want to be in the gym. Uh, they feel like they're right. they got a chip on their shoulder. So that's kind of why it enjoys me to watch it. Um, I've been to a mm-hmm. couple of Mad Ants games. I've never been up to Cleveland. I'm going to have to come up there. Yeah, um, absolutely. I do have a question, though. So there was a player, Darius Baisley. He was committed right. to Syracuse. McDonald's All-American. He goes straight to the D-League. Um, decommits from mm-hmm. Syracuse. Are we going to expect more of this because of the kind of rule change? Or when are they just going to basically say, screw it? When are you like just go out if 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 you're good enough go? Right. Well, you know, uh, Darius Baisley is an interesting case. I mean, you know, he commits to Syracuse, uh, and out of nowhere announces he's going to go to the G League draft. And you know, as of um, about a month ago, he's since basically he's not going. He's just going to train this year and not going to the G League draft. And I think. Um, the, the the bad part the the downfall of a guy like that with so much potential is if he goes into the G League draft he basically has no control of where he goes and you know even the G League team that would draft him uh, you know it's not like uh, the way it's set up it's not like that you know so say yeah he's not gonna he he's not gonna get his twenty million dollar signing bonus for being the top five no. player. So he's going to miss out. Like, yeah. yeah. He's going to be under contract for with the NBA guys. What is it? A two-year start? Yeah. Is, well, actually, so, so say he gets drafted by a G League team, you know, it's not like the NBA team can call him up. And, and, and after the G League season, you know, that NBA team doesn't necessarily have his rights. Like, he can get – basically he would just enter the NBA draft after that. So it's not like, like the development aspect of it, like he would learn the game, the professional game and, and play against, you know, professional guys. But 
he wouldn't necessarily be developing in a system that he would play in, you know, if he, if he got, went into the NBA the next year. So right, it, it's right. Kind of, but if he know, went to Syracuse, yeah. he's not going to play the Syracuse defense in the NBA. I can guarantee that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, so yeah. I mean, but that's that's kind of a cop out. Thirty five grand in the grand scheme of things is nothing. Uh, somebody right. just needs to pay him like fifty and like just train, like make him train. If that if he don't want to go to college, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But right. I don't I don't I don't think that's the right move right away. But players can hire agents and go back to school. You like that or not? You know, I don't. I'm not against it. I mean, I, I probably need to do a little more research uh, into it, but the way I understand it is uh, in, in USA basketball is actually kind of the governing uh, organization and all of this now. You know, uh, they dictate who these elite players that can hire, high school players that can hire agents uh, are. That's all dictated by USA basketball. Um and actually, the agents that are allowed to uh, represent these elite high school players have to be certified through USA Basketball. So I think that, you know, they're doing it the right way, and they're going to get agents that are, uh, you know, very knowledgeable and experienced. And just, I think it'll be a good thing because I think a lot of these kids are making, uh, you know, crucial decisions uh, without you know, really being educated and really knowing how the system works. And I think that these agents that will be certified to represent these guys will, will be a really good resource for them. Well, here's a, I mean, here's a flat out statement or a fact or whatever you want to take from it. But a lot of players do go to college and uh, they don't, they don't get to the NBA. They get hurt. They get in right. trouble. You got, you know, you look on ESPN and it's like some guy got cut with gun charges. It's like when you were in yeah, college, were yeah. you like running guns? <laughs> Come on now. I, I just well, don't, I know, just don't uh, get some of that stuff. So it's like they're, I'm okay with them going to the league, getting their money. If they want to mess up after they already got their money, that's your problem. Right. So I don't exactly, know, yeah. but uh, I, I do have one question coming from a former coach so growing up around your dad um what is the one thing you took away basically from his work ethic to to anything i mean i feel like he's coached you your whole life uh he's you know he worked in the same town it kind of it was kind of like he was your he was your mentor what would you take from him going forward in your coaching career yeah it's it's uh a good question i mean you know i grew up uh, you know i get out of school and i walk three blocks down the road and and go sit and watch his his practice and uh so i grew up kind of you know the way he coached and the way he did things was kind of ingrained in me and i you know even when i you know was a senior in college and was done playing it was kind of oh this is how you do things and this is how you play basketball and uh, since then, you know, I've, I've been able to work for some, uh, a really good, uh, college coach and coach Danbrot, who's now at Duquesne. And then, uh, you know, the, the coaches that I've worked with being part of the Cavaliers organization, and I've been able to see some different ways to do it. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And I think that, 
you know, the one thing that, that my dad has always kind of hung his hat on is just, uh, you know, the fundament, being fundamentally sound. Um, and, you know, that's something that's, you know, being fundamentally sound and, and playing the right way. And, uh, you know, just that's one thing that I'm reminded of every year, no matter where I'm at, where, you know, when I was in, working in college basketball and now professional, you know, when we're playing, when we've had our best teams, we've been fundamentally sound. We've moved the ball. Uh, defensively, we've been sound. And so, you know, I'm reminded every year, you know, you see all this innovative stuff, of way of doing things. And, and you know, you watch these, these incredible athletes do all these, these crazy moves and, and everything. But at the end of the day, you know, the best teams are – the most fundamentally sound and the most bought in defensively. And that's kind of, you know, how I grew up learning the game from, from my dad and, and, uh, you know, also guys like, you know, like coach, like Rob Welch. And, uh, you know, it's easy to get, uh, you know, you watch a team like the Warriors and, you know, all these threes that they're making and, you know, uh, all this flashiness. But if you really watch the Warriors, you know, I think that they're one of the most, fundamentally sound teams uh, in the league and um yeah I that's mean, why they're and, able to and that and that's just i can i can i know what you're saying i mean they're they run off screens hard they cut hard right. you know they they do the extra stuff they make the extra pass right. yes they have 10 guys right. on the team that yeah. can all shoot the three but they do make the extra pass. Exactly. They don't care who gets the points. Yeah, Kevin ended up getting right. the MVP. Steph probably should have got it. It doesn't matter. They want a title. That's what you need. And and in my exactly. opinion, you need unselfishness. Uh, speaking of Rob Welch, I'm going to get you out of here on the best uh, AAU Rob Welch story you got. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was scared. I was scared to death of Rob for about the first year that I knew him, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, one, there's one story that sticks out in my, in, in my mind. And I think it was my second year. I was, was going into my junior season, junior year of high school. And we had a practice, uh, I think it was, you know, late spring. We had a practice at Wayne Trace high school and just, it was a bad practice, you know, sloppy, uh, just no good. And, Rob got to a point. And he just said, "All right, line them up. Line you know, them up. Sixteeners, sixteeners, and uh, you know he's kind of walking down, saying, get on the line.' And he looks at me and Spencer Neekamp, and he says, "Get off my floor. Get off my floor." And Spence Neekamp uh, waited probably about fifteen seconds till Rob was about. He had to have been 25, 30 feet away. And he, and Spence says to me under his breath, he says, I don't see your name on the court. Oh, friend of Rob. And I mean, under Rob, his breath. Rob, I, Robbie, Robbie couldn't have taken this well. <laughs> well, it, and there was no way I can So anyway, so about 15 minutes later, uh, you know, we kind of finished up the practice and Rob was in a better mood, I think. And, uh, he kind of walks by us. And uh, with a smirk on his face, and he goes, "Hey, Spence, I don't see your name up on the damn wall." <laughs> so, if you know Wayne Trace's gym, you know he's got his banner up on the wall, Division Four Player of the Year. 
but it was just like Spencer hey, hey you better not say that you better get some respect around the division three player of the year because he'll come oh, after division you for, three? Okay. yeah he'll come after division you for that three, but but it was just like it was like from that you know it was like how did he hear me he was 30 feet away i whispered you know oh, so it's just one of those things and uh i know i every time i see spence we laugh about it and uh so I had I had I had one stuff. up at uh, Spice. I think it was our junior year. We are uh, getting the absolute dog crap kicked out of us, and uh, the ball starts rolling off the court. The game's basically over. Welch kicks it. It hits this seventy-five-year-old referee in the dome. Okay, <laughs> okay. The referee comes over to the bench. Goes, who kicked it? And uh, Welch looks at him, puffs his chest out, and goes, I did. What you going to do about it? Kick me out? We had already got beat by 30. I was dying. I mean, that's when, we, that's when it was like, okay, let's have some fun. Let's, let's play for real. And, uh, right. you know, it was, it was so much fun. to. It was so light. You could have a good time, but you're still learning stuff. Uh, team basketball. And I, and I feel right. like, and I feel like that's kind of how the Northwest Ohio thing has been. Um, so it's great Absolutely. to see you kind of carrying that over. Um, heck, Team USA, Canton, Cleveland. It's 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 awesome to see. It's awesome to see your friends, you know, from uh, earlier in your life kind of grow up. And they're, I mean, they're doing it out there. That's pretty cool. So I do appreciate you coming on. It's been a minute. So I'm going to come up to a Canton game this year, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. Let me know, and uh, I'll be sure to, to take care of you and, and uh, you know, set you up with the uh, bells and whistles there. Well, we do appreciate it, buddy. Hey, uh, I'll get you out of here. Um, November 4th, go check him out, home opener. Go see Ty. We do appreciate it, Ty. I appreciate you. Thanks, Tyler. That was uh... – one hell of an interview. Great stuff, Barry. Great stuff, Tyler. So thanks for that one. But that yeah, was fun, man. It's fun uh, rekindling something. You haven't talked to a guy in a little while. And uh, good, great, great conversation. Like I said, we're going to we're gonna get to go up with a Canton charge. He said he's going to give us the bells and whistles. So we're going to go up there. I think we just take it to a whole nother extreme and go straight up stepbrothers and bunk beds. Like, oh, man. Like we just take, <laughs> we just go up there, uh, just park it in his room and just set up yeah, the bunk there beds. You go, there I'm you in go. for that. So, so we appreciate Tyler, buddy. That was a that was a good one. So uh, college football games are still going to go on on top of these NFL games. Um, some good ones: Red River rivalry this weekend, Texas at Oklahoma, noon kickoff. OSU minus eight. Who you got? OU minus eight. It's Oklahoma, not Oklahoma State, Barry tap his shoulder for that one but um i'm taking oklahoma more than minus eight i mean texas is hot though texas is hot but you're coming into oklahoma oklahoma fans are gonna be rowdy they're gonna be ready to go they've been i mean they were rowdy at the shoe yeah a little too rowdy ask jay priest um but they uh yeah I, i oklahoma i think they're there this will be one of their marquee games so far this season, but I I got them bigger. I'm I don't know. I'm still not a Texas believer, but I'm not still I guess sold on Oklahoma. I guess I'm not sold on the Big Twelve as a conference. So 
What I'll probably do is just take the over and let the eight eight and probably just watch it at noon. There you go. Call it a day. Uh, LSU at Florida, three thirty game on CBS. Big, I guess, matchup. But this points me back to a couple episodes ago where I said they just sprinkle in a uh, SEC team in the top twenty five. Right. Just sprinkle them in. Oh, now we got a game of the week. Right. And you know, kind of building on for our next game, but. I'm taking LSU. I think Burrow manages this game again. May not be the most breakout performance, but I think he manages it. Um, maybe not to 43 and a half, though. I know that doesn't seem like a lot of points, but... Yeah, LSU's been kind of struggling and then kind of... get They get it in like one play chunks, I feel like. So I feel like LSU... Uh, is definitely going to roll in this game. I think they're going to go minus two and a half for sure. I don't think they're going to hit the 43 and a half though. So I do agree with that. But on the other side, I'm going to disagree with Florida being ranked and agree that Texas A&M, what's their record? Texas A&M is uh, three and two. They're three and two. So they've lost two games and they they lost lost to Alabama and Clemson and Clemson. Okay. So let's just end this discussion that they shouldn't be in the top 25. Right. So they're playing Kentucky, who's no, hotter than a firecracker. Texas A&M's not in the tw- top ten. I know. They're not. You're talking about Florida? They should be in there over Florida. Right. That's maybe, what I'm saying. Maybe. Are you serious? Yeah. You maybe got two, two losses, losses to the but... number one team in the nation and the number four team. Yeah, but they're not playing anybody to get them up there that they beat. A&M versus Kentucky. Kentucky is hotter than a firecracker right now. But A&M at Kentucky... No, Kentucky at A&M. Kentucky at A&M is minus six. In favor of the Aggies. That's ridiculous. No. Okay. Texas A&M is going to cover that. Texas A&M is going to win this, and they're going to win it big. All right? Bet the over. Put them all in on Texas A&M. <laughs> there all you right? go. You heard it here first. All right. Ohio State 5-0. and Versus Indiana Hoosiers, 4-1. and one. It's a scary game. It's always kind of scary when they come to Columbus. Saturday at Fox. I would not say this is the game of the week, but uh, OSU is a 26.5 point favorite. 64.5 is the over-under. What do you got? Um, let me tell you here in a second. Um, still thinking... I like Indiana. As much as I hate to say it. To win? Oh, yeah. Why not? What is this? How do we get this off of here? But, all right. I'll take good Ohio State to win, but look for Indiana to give them a good game. I, I'm i going to take Indiana. I don't think Ohio State covers 26 and a half this week. I don't like us covering 26 and a half either, but I do feel like it's going to hit the over week. Probably oh, yeah. going to be a little banged up on defense from that game and on offense. You got to, I mean, you got to believe. Late game on Saturday, uh, mildly early game on Sun or on Saturday again. It, you know, travel, everything like that. It plays in. I feel like the Buckeyes aren't going to come out looking great, but I feel like we're going to win it a little bit handedly, maybe twenty points. Right. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Game of the week, in my opinion, maybe in your opinion, Notre Dame at Virginia Tech, eight p.m. on ABC. I guess uh, Notre Dame at Virginia Tech is a six-point favorite. I hate it. I you hate that. What do I, you hate about that? I love Virginia Tech. Okay. 
So I, I do too. Um, I do think this is Notre Dame's first loss that see you later. We're not going to hear about the Irish anymore after this game. And I hate to say it because I feel like Notre Dame kind of tried to beef up their schedule. You know, they actually tried to go all in. It's getting a conference though, man. Getting it's, a conference and you can lose a game and still get in the title game. I mean, heck, Auburn lost to a team that we haven't even, like... What do you mean? I'm just saying, like, these teams are losing. They're still they're still in the top 8, 10, whatever, whatever. Yeah, that's biased, Texas A&M. Though. That's SEC. Sorry. Okay, so explain to me how A&M... Loses to Alabama and Clemson, who's in the top because five. Because their two wins are not against FBS teams. Or three wins, I'm sorry, are not against FBS teams. No, no. Frustrates me. But they put Texas A&M in there at 25, I think, when they played Alabama. This is just another thing that, they're, like you said, they're sprinkling these SEC teams in here to make it look like, oh, we got a top 25 win. No. Okay. Yeah. When are we going to talk about an Alabama game on this Okay, they're good. I'm not denying that, but right, the Alabama is Dame, never on the schedule that we put up, right? Ever, so you know why? Because they're never playing the top five game, right? Money, but tell me something funny. I was tell, tell me tell you something funny. Let's see here. We do have a listener, um, old boy, old pal. He thinks he runs our uh, clan or group, whatever the youngins call him now on PlayStation. He goes by the name of uh, Quentin Miller. Ooh. Ooh, Quentin. You're calling people out? I'm calling people out. So, old boy has been asking to come down here and visit us for a while, and, you know, he's thinking this might be the weekend to do it. So, he asked me, and I say, well, I don't know what I'm doing, just messing with him, messing with him. And what was the gif I sent him after I was like, I don't know what I'm doing um, from the hangover? Oh, I'm dying laughing. I'm... I'm at work last night, dying laughing. It's the little Chinese guy from The Hangover, and it goes, it's funny because he's fat. <laughs> and Q, you know, Q's a good good sport, but he sends back a little fat guy riding on a little moped. But, <coughs> hey, Q, I just want to be let it here first. I will be in Columbus this weekend. If you hear this and you happen to show up, better bring your drinking pants, buddy. Well, I guess you heard it here first. Uh, what a show. Great interview. Great great content. Great topics. Uh, we appreciate everybody that's listened. We appreciate Minuteman Tickets. Check them out, MinutemanTickets.com. Give them a ring, 614-943-3000. Uh, find us on Twitter at After a Few Pod. We just gave away a Seth Jones puck the other day on Twitter. Uh, defensive defensive player for the Blue Jackets. Pretty cool stuff going on there. Um, yeah, we appreciate it. Give us a like on uh, afterfew.com and have a good one.